Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app on the go and in the palm of your hand. The official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts, and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital. And once again, we are joined by NBC Sports Washington's Chris Miller. Chris, what's up, man? What up? How are you guys doing? Good. So this is, I believe, the third time we've had you on this season. We did a preseason predictions podcast uh, in which there was a lot of optimism. Uh, I think a lot of it was blind, but as time progresses, I think we're going to come out on the right side of history on a lot of those predictions. <laughs> and then, and then we we had you on during the All Star break to kind of set the table for the second half of the year. Do you remember what happened on court right after that episode? So the team lost eight of nine games. So the team lost eight as, of nine games. As you guys know, as it took me. 40 minutes to get on this zoom call uh i've slept since then so i kind of forgot but thanks jackson for reminding me eight of nine and had i come across that information more than like 20 minutes before we started recording we might have had to sub you out but here we are why is why is that not going to happen again uh welcome to the russell westbrook experience (laughs) this guy is uh, a supernova what he is doing every night is showing you that greatness uh doesn't have an age limit a greatness doesn't have restrictions on their game greatness doesn't have uh time to wait around the one thing that i really appreciated during this run is what russell's non-negotiables are are rubbing off on everybody else, which is competing. Um, no excuses, no frills, just go out there and try to execute at a high level. And the last couple of games, while the defense uh, has, has kind of taken a step back, that's not an excuse. We'll find a way to win. And I think that's what's happening here uh, during the stretch where all of a sudden they own the tiebreaker over the Indiana Pacers who are just ahead of them. So. Down the stretch they come, guys. <laughs> what a, I mean, you've you've been around this team a long time. I mean, what is what is Russ bringing to to this group that like we just haven't seen? I mean, really, success we haven't seen this kind of success in a stretch since sixteen seventeen. Um, but what is he bringing? And do you feel like it's sustainable uh, moving forward? I mean, this team is about to make the play in. We don't know which play in it will be, and who they'll play and all that, but they're about to lock that up. I haven't seen in 14 years somebody that is that consistent with being consistent. And what I mean by that is he is so competitive. um, It has to rub off on you. 
And if it doesn't, then you're going to get ran over. Again, this is wild what he's doing. But while people are talking about these triple doubles and, and he is going to break Oscar's record, it's going to happen. It's just when um, they're winning when he's getting these triple doubles and padding stats and we've all heard all of the narratives that's fine everybody's entitled to their own opinion i'll just say this if this guy comes out every night and puts up these numbers and the team's winning i don't care how he gets the numbers yeah the reality is the wizards are winning games the wizards are being talked about nationally about winning not you know, some off-the-cuff, funny, ha-ha, Wizards, oh, the Wizards again did this or that. No, no, no. People are talking about the Wizards winning games. And what they did against the Lakers on national TV, their first opportunity to be on national TV, is now sparking a lot of conversation. So that's what I'm noticing, really, uh, Zach, is this guy uh, is just on another level. And the other night to have 50 assists in a game, I was just looking back at that and just going – I don't think I've ever seen 50. Do you realize there are teams that don't get 50 assists in a week? In a week. And the Wizards got 50 assists on 63 made field goals against Indiana in a game. That to me is, that's the Russell Westbrook experience. Yeah. And you mentioned it. There's really, there's these two avenues that you can go down when you talk about Russ. There's like this secondary media sports almost of just finding different ways to package his milestones and his notes and the records that he breaks. And that's all well and good. And like the numbers are so stupidly absurd that it would be irresponsible to not do that. You know, we, we participate in that. You guys on the broadcast participate in that. You can't ignore the numbers, but it's not just, it's not like the team has been consistent this season and he's been consistent this season. There's such a direct correlation between him getting right and improving his play and the team's success. And you look since the beginning of April, I think it's like April 7th or something. We're on that road trip in, in Florida. And the team is 13 and three in their last 16 games. And the three losses are a one point loss on the back end of a road back to back against a good Dallas team, a three point overtime loss in which both teams scored 140 points. And then a loss to a Phoenix Suns team that is going back and forth with Utah for the best record in the league. we're way past fluke or little hot streak here. I mean, this is sustained success for over a month doing repeatable things. What about it? You mentioned the assisting and the passing. What about it from a team level beyond Russ has been most impressive to you over the last month plus? The way they've locked in defensively. Um, You know, I've been critical of the Wizards defense the last five years. You know, at some point you're just half the guard. You don't, You don't have a choice. And I think during April, they were really able to lock in. Um, They probably changed a couple of things schematically, but the want to was was there. I thought they did a really good job of defending. And as much as we talk about Russell, I'm going to go back to when they traded for Daniel Gafford. I call him the landlord. Rents do. You come into the paint, rents do. He has had a direct, a direct correlation, guys, also with the, these, these winning waves. Uh, haven't had rim protection like that probably since JaVale McGee. When you look at somebody that's athletic, that could just meet you at the rim, Wizards haven't had that. They've had some other bigs, but they've not had somebody like that. And the fact that the Wizards have three centers, 
that can play equal minutes and they're all doing something to help the team. You now have a team that's healthy and a three point guard rotation now with Russell, Ish, and Neto. Neto can move to the two. You can play Brad at the three. You've got all these options. Bertan seems to be getting right. Um, Scotty's just hitting all the right buttons. Everything just seems to be working right now. And I think that's the reason why they have positioned themselves to have an opportunity not only to get into a play-in, but potentially a playoff. I mean, at the beginning of the year, if you guys told me when they were 0-5 and, and they went through COVID and they had all that other stuff, hey, Chris, they're going to be in the playoffs, I'd have said, yeah, I, I, I get that, you know, you guys would say that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but it's true. This is where we are right now on uh, May the 4th. By the, by the way, may the 4th be with you. May it be with you, too. I think uh, Brad is also clearly – you know, he's not scoring at that same level he was to begin the year because he really doesn't have to with a healthy team around him. But you look at the record with him playing, too, is like they've only lost a handful of games since he's been back healthy. Um, do you feel like he's doing anything different? I like because personally, I feel like him and Bertans have like taken on the challenge of defending a lot more in this recent stretch. Like there's a definite correlation with, oh, wow, like Davis is like we I talked to him last week on our podcast. And like, he was like, yeah, I like, I'd made uh, a change to be like, I need to play some defense. Like I can't just be a, a shooter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting that he said that he had to be more than that. The, the amount of co financial commitment that they made to him, you got to be more than just a guy launching threes. You got to do something else. And that's good that he admitted that. I would say the thing that's kind of changed with Brad here recently is a lot of guys are coming back. Team's more healthier. There are more opportunities. Is Schmidt the scoring? I mean, Davis is scoring. I mean, everybody seems to be um, leveling up. And when that happens, it's probably going to affect Brad's numbers because of less shot opportunities. I'm just keeping it a bean here, guys, keeping it 100. And that's a good thing because I, I, while the scoring title means something to Brad, and it does, winning matters more. And if this team is winning, what can you say? I mean, we chronicle at NBC Sports Watch, we chronicle in real time what this scoring thing looks like. And the other night, Steph went for 41, and he's kind of, it seems like there's a little bit of separation, right? But the difference is three-pointers. Steph against New Orleans made eight. Brad made one. But yet, Brad's still scoring, at a, still scoring and the team's winning. And there's more people that are helping Brad. Steph's got to do this essentially on his own. So, again, Zach, I, I think the scoring title, uh, it matters. How would it not if you performed at that level for the last two years? Okay, we're talking two years, not just this year. To get it would be great. But, man, to be playing meaningful basketball in middle May, end of May, I think Brad would take that. Looking forward a little bit to the middle and late May portions of the season that we're quickly approaching, I think, and how things change and how style of play changes in, in the league as things buckle down a little bit. We talk a lot about dictating style of play and imposing a style or a pace or something on, on your opponent. And I think 
that's really, really hard to do. I think there's really only a handful of teams in the league that are actually able to do that consistently. Um, I think what's way more important, especially for a team like the Wizards with what they're facing, which is going to be a play-in slash postseason situation that's going to be super unpredictable when it comes to opponents. It's going to be a single elimination game here, and you're not going to know who you're playing the next night. And then if you're lucky enough to win one or two of those games, and you're going to be in a series against a team that you don't, you're not going to be able to prepare long term for. So I think what's way more important is this stylistic malleability that mm-hmm. you have to have that they've really shown. Away. Thank you. You go that, the entire there with Jackson. Big words. Well, he had his juice today, huh? Okay. Yeah. You go the entire month of April as the number three defense. And then over the course of the last however many days it was from San Antonio until now, two games with 140 plus points, you lose one of them. Giving up 140 is never good. But then against Indiana, you score 154 in a win weeks after going months long as the number three defense in the league. Is there a version of this team that you think they need to lock into? Or is it leaning into this back and forth? We can do whatever we need to based on the opponent style. Yeah, I I like the ABA style of basketball, but I'm not sure, guys, that's going to win you any playoff series, right? you got to lock in defensively. So, um I just think that they can match up with anybody. I think what's happened here is, and I don't know if this was planned or it just kind of just happened organically, but the three guard, three center thing is interesting to me because you can literally match up against anybody. Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. You're going to be bigger than Boston. So if that's the style you want to play, you can play that way. If you want to go small, you can go that way as well. I think they've diversified their team to the point now where it's like, you know, they say styles make fights. I think they can play with any team in the league if they're healthy because you got two dogs, okay? You're taking two Rottweilers to, to, to the fight and you got a chance because Russ and Brad are playoff tested battle tested they know and then these guys behind them what i call the others um i think they've been playing play in play off type basketball really since april the 7th so if they could just stay healthy they're gonna be a tough out and people in the league are starting to see that now they needed to see it you know you guys know how it is if you don't watch the wizards and people say, oh, they're going to be a tough out. A lot of people nationally had to see it first. And I think that Lakers game, even though LeBron didn't play, but AD did, and the Wizards were out there dunking on their head. I think what happened was, because I got a couple texts from friends of mine saying, ooh, man, you're right, man. The Wizards are going to be a tough out. I've been trying to tell you that for a month. You weren't listening. But I'm glad your eyes <laughs> got to see what these guys have been doing. Well, they – and really – you think about it, like they really busted the Lakers up too. I mean, it was close. At, it was close. Oh, really punching AD in the face. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, but I think we're gonna see. I think there's a few games, obviously on on NBC Sports Washington, but also on NBA TV coming up um, with the split cast. Uh, and really, I mean, they're gonna play Milwaukee once, Atlanta twice. Like these are big games with, uh, and and people are gonna pay attention if they can win those games. I mean. We look at this, the rest of the schedule. It's all Eastern Conference teams. Like I said, Milwaukee, Toronto, 
uh, Indiana, Atlanta twice, Cleveland, Charlotte. So, you know, Cleveland's hopefully a gimme that, you know, they got nothing to play for postseason's done. Every other game has playoff implications for everybody. The Bucs uh, are kind of stuck at three, but if they win against Brooklyn on Tuesday tonight, then Wednesday's game is important to them. Indiana, Atlanta, they're all jockeying. Charlotte, they're jockeying. That last game of the season might be one of the only ones that's important across the league. So for you, like, what – is this just like a pre-playoff, you know, like let's get ready, like we're, we're going to the playoffs in some capacity. These, This is our test. I think their test started with what Jackson said earlier. I think it started April 7th. I think they've been playing playoff – tight basketball since then because they didn't have any choice if you went out there and got thumped on that road trip right now we'd probably be talking about them being done and talking about the lottery and you know how do you like this guy or that guy Thank no goodness we don't have to do that yeah right now we're talking about playing meaningful basketball every night it is so fun you know we, we get in our production meetings the day before or the morning of and we just kind of just chop it up about things that we want to talk about. And, you know, it's so fun to cover this team right now. I mean, there's, even when they lose, like that game against Dallas, what were we talking about? We were like, I was saying, man, the little things, like, you know, Rory kind of being in that no man's land, you don't give up, you know, you know, you know, you know the corner three. And it was good to talk about that because it was like, late game situation how could we the wizards win a game instead of well they they, they competed hard uh, no they were like right there and that's a that was a, a loss but then they come right back after that and that's the reason why i call it the westbrook effect is they're not allowing themselves to go on a losing streak you guys notice that like it's like okay you lose a game and then they come right back and they post up and get a dub. So that's been the fun part is just every night it matters. That's exactly what I was going to say is they've righted a lot of the wrongs that they struggled with early in the year. And I think one of the most notable instances we had earlier this season was that crazy end to the game in Boston where Brad slips on Jason Tatum's sweat and they lose by one point. That was right at the height of that hot streak, and then it, it kind of fell off. That was right before – I think that might one or two games before the All-Star break. Um, yeah. It might be more fair to blame that game than your last appearance on the podcast for the yes, slide. It was, it was the sweat. Uh, it was the sweat and Boston. You know, I don't, like, <laughs> I don't like sweating, and I don't like Boston. So it was a combination of the two. But, look, no, you're exactly right. They have, they have stopped slides, and in addition to that, they've, they've taken care of business against teams that they should beat. And for as exciting as this 16-game stretch has been over the last month-ish, it, it has not been the toughest stretch of the season that they have faced. That's why I think this matchup against Milwaukee on Wednesday is super intriguing because that's that's as good a team as you're going to face. And it is, it's prime time for the Wizards to, to face off against a team like that and, and show just how much they've improved since earlier in the year. But you're yeah, right. I like, what, I like what Zach said, too. The fact that Milwaukee's got to play Brooklyn right before – you know, the day before, um, they're going to go at it. I mean, they just played each other. I think Sunday, right, Zach? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a two Sunday. game, two and, games uh, there. You know, Milwaukee won that one. Uh, Brooklyn, to me, I'm 
<clears throat> I don't know. I don't. I don't see it yet. I mean, I, I know that they have a ton of talent, but you know, the, the, those guys are just not available. They, they don't. I don't think they have like enough reps to uh, really make you know, people really scared. They're scared of the talent. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Everybody's scared of that talent. They got three guys that can put fifty on you, but. Milwaukee seems to have a little more synergy. Uh, I'm a big fan of Philly. I've been a big fan of Philly really all year. So, again, like I said, I think the Wizards kind of match up really with all of them. If uh, you want to deploy your bigs, cool. Scott can do that. You want to go small ball, cool. They can do that too. And you've got a guy in Brad that, uh, I mean, <laughs> whoever, good luck, right? Middleton, <laughs> whoever wants to guard Brad, good luck with that one. And then, obviously, we know what Russ brings to the table. Well, I think also you we go to kind of bring this full circle from our first chat. I think we were all optimistic about this team, and now they're playing, you know, what we expected them to be. I remember, I mean, I said they'd be around 500 because you just didn't really know how the season was going to go. And let's be honest, they've probably hit every bad obstacle you could hit. I mean, they've two of their, their starters from the beginning of the season are out for the year. The COVID, I think every single player has been injured for a stretch at some point, which none of this is unique to the Wizards. Everyone's dealing with it. But to be 30 and 35 on this date of May 4th, I believe it is, 2021, May the 4th be with you once again, that's pretty incredible. I mean, to think about it that way. But I think what you, like exactly what you're saying, the mentality is – Sweet, we're 30 and 35, maybe a few years, you know, the past couple of years. Now it's why aren't we 37 and 35 the last day of the season? So yeah. I think that's the difference in the mentality. You see it everywhere you go. Um, everyone is just focused on, like, the next game. Like, great, we won last night. We we kicked ass, but we got to turn the page. I just like the accountability part of it, too. Um, the only thing, guys, that I've liked about – this season as it pertains to limited amount of fans in the arena or no fans before just a couple of you know weeks ago was we got to hear Russell Westbrook mic'd up during the game broadcast. Like it wasn't, we had to put a microphone on him. No, he's so loud. You could hear him during the game broadcast. And there've been a couple of times where he's not only challenged himself, he's challenged his teammates. He's challenged the coach. He's challenged the reps. His ability to communicate verbally is probably one of the biggest keys we've had this year. Because how many times have we heard over the years, guys, Scott Brooks talks about, we don't talk enough. We don't communicate enough on the floor, which leads to a mistake on defense. Da, 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 da. Haven't heard Scott Brooks say that one time this year. Why? Because every time you watch a game, you hear this. You might hear some colorful language, but the excuse of we don't talk as a team anymore, you can't use that anymore because Russ demands communication. And I remember uh, in Dallas, so they beat the Cavs by 29 points. They fly it from Cleveland to Dallas. They're playing the Mavs. All of a sudden, it's 22 to 8 Mavericks. I remember hearing Russell Westbrook through my television say, and I quote, Hey, guys, what are we doing? Challenged them right away. What happened? 
Wizards start going on this run. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're taking the lead. But it was it was that moment. I also remember Russ getting fouled in that game and getting a knot on his head and telling the ref, what are you doing? <laughs> I got a knot on my head, right? So the, it's the little things that matter, right, Jackson and Zach? The communication part of it hasn't been an issue. Him waving bigs to run. You know, we talked to Kendrick Perkins the other day, and he was talking about how when um, Russ used to challenge him, he was like, run your big down here and run the floor. And Kendrick was like, there was nothing I could say. He was right. I need to run the floor. And now you're seeing what happens when you've got bigs that run the floor. He rewards them. But it's the communication part. It's talking. It matters. Those little things are intangible things to success on a basketball court. Well, and that urgency that he brings is going to be necessary over this last week. Because for as optimistic as we can be, and for as great as this last month was, the standings in the East are packed tight. The team, all these positives that we're talking about, you know, Russ chasing the record, Brad putting up a million points, the team winning a million games. They're about to take off on a five-game road trip against all Eastern Conference teams, most of which are right in the middle of the pack of you know, who they're competing against. Frankly, I mean, they had a two-game road trip before one game in D.C., and yes, they all get to sleep in their beds, but if you're playing one home game between a bunch of road games, that's essentially just the continuation of a road trip. So the travel is going to wear on them at some point in the next week or so. That urgency, that level of, of, of must-have that Russ is bringing and preaching is, is going to be necessary because these games are only getting more and more important. Zach, you mentioned the schedule specifically. They're going to close with – with Charlotte, which is the team currently sitting in the eight. And we know the importance of the difference between eight and nine this and year. Lamelo's back and he's putting on the show. And you're They're like, good. They're fun. I remember them thumping our behind on Super Bowl Sunday. And then we got some get back, but we got to get them again. I didn't like them yucking it up over there, uh, Zach. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Super Bowl Sunday, them laughing and hooping, hollering, throwing lobs and all that. So they got some get back coming. They're good. The teams that are sitting right there in the play on play in race are, are really, really good. And we can get out of here soon, but just kind of on that note, Chris, as we approach, you know, what is going to be this newly implemented play in system, it's been a hot topic around the league. Let's just, let's talk a little bit, uh, you know, wider scope about that play. And are you excited? Are you pro play in? Do you think it is a, a, a net positive for, for the league in terms of both intrigue and, and, and on court play? All right, so yesterday I had my little rant on Wizards pregame live on NBC Sports Washington. Uh, here's my take. I think the play-in tournament would have been better if it started last, next year because you had to pack in a lot of games this year. You had to deal with COVID. There's just like a lot of things that you had to go through. But since we are here in this moment and the Wizards are in it, cool um i'm with it because it makes sure that teams don't tank there are more times than not this time of the year where if you're out of it you're really out of it and then you ended up sitting players star players or limiting their minutes and then you know they use the let's develop the younger players that's code okay uh load management I think the league figured out a way to curb load management, and that is this play-in tournament. And it's exciting. Oh, by the way, listen, I'm in the TV business. Guess what, guys? Great ratings. Expect ratings for these play-in games. It's 
it's the NBA's version of one shining moment, the NCAA tournament. You got one game, then you win another one, you get another opportunity, you know, right? So I'm a fan of the play-in tournament because it curbs that T word that I hate more than anything in sports, which is tanking. And I said yesterday on our pregame show, and I'll say it here on your podcast, I give Ted Leonsis credit. A couple of years ago, we were in London, and he said it then. We're not going to tank. We're not into that business of tanking. And he's lived up to his word because now making that trade to bring Russell Westbrook here, we know that Russ is not about that. It's about competing every night. And it's made for exciting brand of basketball. It has made Wizards fans not only watching on TV, but in the arena. The other night, the arena was great. It had 2,100 fans. It sounded louder than that. Why? Because the Wizards are playing meaningful basketball towards the end of the year, which could potentially get them in the play-in and possibly the playoff. That is a byproduct of the league now saying, we are not going to let teams tank anymore. Yeah, and I think you mentioned tanking. I feel like that you know, kind of connotes the bottom level teams that are just fighting to get in. I think the best part of it is that it creates competition at every different level of the standings. You know what I mean? The top teams are fighting to get home court, to stay in the four. The middle of the road teams are fighting to get to six to avoid the play. And some teams are fighting to, you know, be seven or eight. So they only have to win one game in the play. And then obviously in the situation where the Wizards are in, you're just fighting to get in it. It creates intrigue. It creates competition. Like you said, it, it um, discourages all the negative things that people have talked about for the last few years and sets up as we've we've said what is going to be a pretty crazy last couple weeks of the season and Chris man we we appreciate you hopping on to kind of parse through it all and and talk storylines and, and set the table for what should be a super super fun final seven games of this season so thanks man sorry, sorry it took me three hours to get on here man you know Zach's over here calling me old man you know he might be right but still hey I'm definitely right <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>